We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? that? We're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Welcome to the Field of 68 After Dark. It is hump day. Kind of a hump day slate tonight. I'm not going to lie. couple big games on the schedule, but they weren't exactly the most exciting college basketball games you'll ever see. But that doesn't mean that changes how we are here to talk about it all and break it all down for you. My name is Greg Waddell. I got Patrick Young. I got Laval Jordan here with me. And as always, we are powered by Bet Rivers. You can find us on the SiriusXM app. If you want to watch us, do so at the Field of 68 YouTube channel. Click that subscribe button while you are there as well. And tonight, we've got a great agenda for you. We're going to talk through some of the best teams in the country. We're going to play a little game of contender or pretender. And I'm going to do my typical host mode thing where I force these guys not to take the politically correct answer here. I can't wait for it, gentlemen. But let's start with the toast that we always start the show with. PY, your team was in action tonight, so I feel uh, obligated to throw it over to you and see where you want to go with this. Uh, oh. Who are you toasted to tonight, my friend? Oh, you weren't, you weren't trying to imply I need to give a toast to someone on the Gators offense or team today, were you? Of course not. Of course not. Um, I'm going to go with the team toast. Um, Tennessee is the sixth team in the last decade to have seven games where they force 15 turnovers and force And, uh, and hold. So that's 15 forced turnovers and 50 or less points. 16 to do that in the last 10 decade, or last decade. So that's off to them. Tennessee's defense is back. I was worried about that coming into this season, if they'd be able to bring it back like last year. It looks like they're locked and loaded and ready to go. Cheers to the Vols. I got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not drinking either, Laval. You don't got to force yeah, it unless you want water. to. Go for it though. You're up you next. Go. What you got? Am I up? Or are you? You're, are you going? You take it. You take it. You you take. I, I I struggled. I'm gonna go with since I uh, a Big East. I'm coming out of the Big East. Cam Whitmore, welcome to college basketball in his second game tonight against Penn. Which, by the way, a couple of years ago when they struggled, Penn beat them in, in one of the. Uh, in, in the game after they won the national title and they came back and it was kind of just Phil Booth and Eric Paschal and everybody else. Sadiq Bay was a freshman, a little bit like this team where they had two guys. Um, so Penn and Penn's a, a formidable opponent. And uh, Cam Whitmore goes for 21 tonight in his second college basketball game. And everybody look out because for whatever you were saying about Villanova on the front end of the season, I don't know how Justin Moore will be when he gets back, but my man Cam Whitmore, I watched him. Did you see the play? I don't know if you're watching this, Patrick. He shot, missed, and tip-dunked his own missed shot. One-handed. Did you see that? I mean. Oh, I didn't see that one. Kid, I saw it. It was crazy. Stupid. And so uh, I know where they are right now record-wise, but he is a difference maker. So toast to Cam Whitmore. Cheers to Whitmore. I've uh, I've been a vocal critic 
of Villanova this year, Laval. I don't know that you and I have ever talked about it like this, but uh, I'll tell you what, I saw just in the ESPN app, I saw the score midway through the first half of that game. I thought, let me, let me flip over and do a little hate watching here. Let me watch <laughs> Villanova struggle again. And then all of a sudden, Cam Whitmore's popping off my screen. Like, this is a little different than the first couple of weeks. So let me ask you this. Here's the thing. They're one in three in games decided by five points or less. You think Cam Whitmore would made would have made a difference? I tell you what, I was at the one in East Lansing where they almost came back from double digits to catch my Spartans. And uh, yeah, he absolutely would have made a difference down the stretch of that game. Uh, that's a good pick, Laval. It's a very good pick. If you guys are going to do, uh, I feel like we got our SEC guy doing the SEC toast, the Big East guy <laughs> doing the Big East toast. I feel obligated to stick in my Big Ten country here then. Uh, and it's a good segue into the first thing we're going to talk about tonight. I got a toast to Zach Eady, who right now is the national player of the year. Absolutely. And uh, I don't think many people really saw this coming. Like, I think everybody, rightfully so, talked about how good he was last season and how good he could be this season. Now that you get Travion Williams out of there, you get Jaden Ivey off there. And they need someone to just play through. And I think all offseason, when I talked about Zach Eady, it was like, imagine if he could play 32 minutes a game. Imagine if. They just built the entire team, the entire offense around him at the usage he was at last year, but for longer. And I think we all shrugged it off, thinking there's no way someone that massive could really do it. Credit to him and his conditioning and Matt Painter and the whole staff for, for what they've assembled around him. Because this Purdue team, uh, to me, has taken a big step forward from where they were last year. And it starts with the monster in the middle, Zach Eady. That's my cheers of the night. I'll even fake drink to you, Mr. Eady. There we go. Appreciate that. And I double toast. I was gonna, so I was this close, and I still I was this close to toasting the pit. Oh, really? <laughs> well, they're they're about to win if they can pull. They just went up one big shot, and they're about to win six in a row here if they can get this done. There's nine seconds to go at Vandy, uh, so I didn't want to toast to them before the game was over. Jeff Capel and, and, and Pitt, but they, if they get this done, they're gonna run off six straight. Laval, you got it in the background. You watching right now? Yeah. Uh, I mean, can we can we throw you on the spot? We've I've I've heard you on the play by play lately. (laughs) You've been doing your broadcasting thing. Let's get a little game call from Laval here. They got nine point seconds, nine point seven seconds to go, and Vandy just got the ball up and called timeout. So Stacks drawing up something here. Pitt, uh, and I don't know Pitt's roster like that. I gotta watch them. (laughs) Kid just hit a big time pull up jump shot to go up one. They were down nine, you know, about a minute and a half ago. So they made a run here to come back. Shout out Capel, man. Six straight. That would be something from uh, from where that group has been the last couple of seasons. Capel uh, was uh he was my assist- assistant coach when I played USA 18 and under. Uh team that had uh who do we have? Kyrie Irving, Vander Blue, Austin Rivers, Tony Mitchell, uh Jeremy Rich. We had a, we had a, Doug McDermott, we had a squad. And uh, yeah, Coach Capel, fantastic dude. Hoping, hoping nothing but success. Not That's not bad. <laughs> not oh, at there's all. more guys I'm forgetting right now, but yeah, it was Myers Leonard was on that team. He's still in the league. Yeah, Big Ten guy. Uh, by the way, Laval, uh, I have the game on in the background in my room here as well. Uh, we've got Vanderbilt going to the line. For any any of you sickos out there that are just waiting on pins and needles to hear what happens in this Pitt Vanderbilt game, Vanderbilt <laughs> to the free throw line. 1.1 seconds left in this game uh, with two Man, shots please. here to potentially take the lead and win the game. They make the first. That's Tyron Lawrence at the line. Uh, and if he makes the second, highly likely Vanderbilt is going to escape with a win here. We'll so see what what, what's going through your mind right here, right now, uh, at a free throw line situation like this? If, which, side, which side am I on? Vanderbilt? You're on the side that you're, you're stepping up to the line after getting fouled to, to hopefully win this game. Well, I, I've, I've been there, so Pat's being funny right now because I've been there and I missed the free throws <laughs> versus Florida years ago when Mike Miller, <laughs> I was 83% from the line, had shot a free throw all night, and then Mike Miller comes down and, and hits the floater to go on to lose to, your, to Sparty. And I know you're, yeah. you're a Michigan guy. They yeah. All the way to the championship game, lost to Sparty. Uh, Mateen I might not have been a Gator if you did if you made those free throws. I might not have become a Gator. So, <laughs> you know, it, it was a whole butterfly effect. Yeah, uh, uh, it's funny. It's so a full circle moment. One point one. We'll see. Cable last time out. 
Yeah, pit this at the drawing board. This is where you wish they could advance the ball in college basketball. Yeah, I don't get that. Right, Pat, is, would you, you prefer the, that? You, you played is in that... the league. Well, you it'd be, you know, how exciting. Now you got a half-court play with 1.1 on the clock down one. You know, it's, it's not a, there's not a lot you can do here. Home run plays. You know, they're probably it's not really anything you can really do here. Yeah, throw it long, and you got time to turn, catch, turn, and shoot 1.1. On the clock, but you can't really make a pass. You know, if you pass it in behind half court, you got one dribble. Uh, but if you were advancing it and taking it out on the side OB, you know, now you got options. Yeah, I mean, lob to the rim. You can get somebody off a screen. You can slip a screen. Absolutely. One of my, one of my my uh, I guess my my least favorite memories of all time. I've been a huge Spurs fan majority of my life, watching uh, some great Western Conference Finals battles between the Lakers and the Spurs and. And when Derek Fisher came off with point oh. four, man, that, that was unreal. To this day, I still hurt for that because <laughs> that would have been Spurs. They would they would have got another chip right there for sure. Uh, but you know that's why to 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 your point, uh, you know my generation, I didn't see it when it happened, but you can attest to it when Christian Leitner hit a shot off the full yeah. court pass, like yeah. the rarity for something like that actually. The Bryce happened. Drew home run play, you've seen that. Yeah. I mean. But you still, you got to be able to catch pass. You probably got a time for a Leitner. You got one dribble. Um, but it, it'll be interesting here to see what happens. And, yeah, uh, you might be a little behind me here, Laval, because I just saw it happen. Oh, not, to, not to spoil anything, but uh, I'm, half, I'm a half second behind you. Yeah, you'll, you'll get Laval's live reaction to this in, <laughs> in a moment here. They did complete yeah. the full court pass. Uh, they got a, a semi look. It ends up being blocked at the buzzer. Don't know that it would have even gotten off. So Vanderbilt escapes with the win. If you catch it, you got to shoot it. You can't pass it. Right. Marquette had it the other uh, the other day against Wisconsin. It's like you, you, your first thing is your inbounder has to be able to. You got to you practice that pass, Patrick. Right? You probably you guys probably did it. Like you got to try guys out to make the ba- make the baseball pass. Yep. Full court and see who your best passer is. Yeah, shout out to the best passer I've ever watched from my team, Isaiah Livers, baseball player, <laughs> Kalamazoo resident, Michigan. He had a big moment in March. We know what we're talking about here. All right, let's jump in. We've had enough play-by-play here, although shout out to the Vanderbilt fans that are watching. I'm sure they're celebrating right now. Cheers to you. Uh, let's move into my pretender or contender game. So I, I want to go through, I've got a list here of uh, roughly about seven teams that I think fall anywhere from top three, top four in the country down to 10, 11, 12 range. And I'm talking contender as in not, are they good right now necessarily? Cause all these teams are good right now. If they rank that high, uh, we, we respect them for what they are. I want to talk about how you see this team growing over the course of the season. Are you taking them seriously as a threat to win a national championship this season? So that's that's the bar. That's a high bar. Not talking even Final Four, maybe win a couple games in March. I want, can they be national championship good this season, or do they potentially have a fatal flaw? And you can't escape it. That's the rules with me hosting tonight. You got to throw them in one of these two buckets. All three of us will make a pick, and uh, we'll see who comes out on top. So the first team on my list tonight, the Boilermakers. As I mentioned, Zach Eady, the segue here. Uh, tonight, he was magnificent yet again. Huge numbers in the first half of this game. Purdue ends up winning by 19 points. They actually were outscored in the second half. I think they got a lot of guys some rest down the stretch. Uh, But Zach Eady, 23 points, 18 rebounds. He's coming off a game two games ago where he out-rebounded the entire opposing team. At this point, he's the most unstoppable singular force in the sport but they've still got that freshman backcourt. They've still got some unproven guys around him that are playing really well right now. Remains to be seen what they'll look like in the grit and the grind of a full Big Ten schedule across the season. So, Lavallis, go to you first. Pretender or contender for a national championship this year, Purdue Boilermakers? It's hard to say pretender. I'll qualify it with this. So so here's the the – I'll say contender – with a a bit of an asterisk because they have they have they do have flaws so when i think i think hey do they have firepower right multiple ways to score multiple guys that can beat you 
is there or do they have the defense? Uh, can they defend at that at the level, uh, regardless of who they're playing? Do they have a matchup or a dominant player? Um, and then a dynamic guard, right? One, do they have one? And two, can they guard? Can they defend against somebody that does have one? So when I look at Purdue, man, they do have a dominant player in Edie. He is right now after the season stop, national player of the year, hands down, right? The way he's dominating, you know, 20, 23 points and, and however many rebounds. And they got the number one offense in the country right now in Kim Palm. They've, they have weapons, but not like, do they have three guys that can go for 30 or 20 plus on a given night, right? If Edie's having a bad night, can somebody else do the job? Fletcher Lawyer's off the charts right now in terms of for a freshman, he's shooting 38% from three and he's, he's a double figure score, but he's their only other double figure score. Um, and so defensively they're, they're good. Um, you know, I don't know if they're great. And so if they run into, you know, Daryl Banks again from St. Peter's, right. can they guard, can they keep those guys in front? Can they defend those guys? Cause that's what happened a year ago, even though they had Jay Nivey. Um, and, and Zach. So I say contender, but if they, they got to have the right matchups along the way. Hmm. Okay. That's always the case, coach. What do you mean? It's always <laughs> well, about the matchups. It, it, some, it, there is. There's, it, but mo, it, it is most of the time. There's some teams, you know, it's fact like it doesn't matter who they're playing. They, right. They've always, it doesn't matter who they're playing. I mean, and some yeah. teams are that good, rare, but you take a, it's going to come down to, you take Baylor a couple of years ago, like I don't care who they play. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. It, Goodness gracious. They're not outmatched. It doesn't matter who they match up. Just line them up, and they're gonna blow through. Blow they got up any. That Baylor team, like that was a scary team. Uh, I you think take Scott the, the Villanova the team that I coached. Oh, the Villanova team I coached against when they had Brunson and Bridges and DiVincenzo and Spellman and Pat. Like I don't. There's no bad that they're gonna run through whoever. Yeah. <laughs> so look yeah, at those two. Team. This team's not. This Purdue team's not that. Yeah. Right. No. No. So um, real, real quick before you go, Pat, just those two teams that were thrown out as examples of complementary or, or I guess opposing versions of the, the contender who you're not worried about matchups with, right? Those two teams, to me, NBA talent everywhere. Yeah. Is there an NBA guy on this Purdue team even? I mean, it, it, you would like to say hopefully Zach Eady gets there, but – I don't know that I can look you in the eye and say Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer are ever going to get there. Now, I don't know. Right. Fletcher's been great. But to me, maybe that's just partially a talent thing, too, right? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, Patrick played at that level, so he, he'd probably have a better eye for it than, than me. <laughs> oh, man, that's, it's hard to say. Uh, uh, this is a well-coached team right now with – guys that don't really turn the ball over too much. You know, you look at Braden Smith and you're like, he's a freshman, uh, you know, too, Tough. right? Tough. He, to to be playing at this level uh, for him early on, to start getting that experience and with this level of confidence, you would think their ceiling's only going to continue to go higher. Um, another another quick stat to throw out there, because I, I started to show off with one, Zach Eady uh, with his eighth straight 20, Point game and this is the longest streak in the last 25 years of a seven footer plus uh in the last uh yeah tied for the longest streak so um i can't see anyone slowing him down anytime soon but I, I i agree with you coach when you talk about the formula uh i don't think they have a guard that can really create their own shot and really give a team a, a lot of problems um with mason gillis out uh, Caleb first has stepped up as well as uh, Trey Kaufman Wren last two games, double digits. Um, you know, it, it, it seems as though there is a good amount of balance. And I, and I just look at these next few games that Purdue has, they don't have a big test any time coming soon. Then they got Nebraska next. Um, I think it's for, for this team matchup wise, there's going to have either Edie's going to have to get in foul trouble or there's going to have to be some way to neutralize him because the way that he it can be the first one to get his own misses oftentimes just without even because it's not about being the quicker jumper it's that he's already has the length and the height to be so much close to the ball by the time someone else jumps um his dominance is is unmatched and I you know for a guy like me that was pretty physically dominant 
Um, you know, when it came to banging with another big, I don't think I have any answers for this guy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I don't know who does. Like, I... (laughs) And trust me, I watched you play in college. You were a monster, <laughs> but there's a lot of monsters in the country this year, the year of the big that yep, are looking at Zach Eady like that's a different level guy. I don't know what that is. And I honestly, I don't know that the sport has seen somebody like Zach Eady in a while, right? There's been the, you know, the seven, four, seven, five guys, but I don't think any of them have been as skilled as Edie is. I don't think any of them have the stamina that Edie does right now. Uh, and the production is finally starting to back that up. Like you said, eight straight games with 20 points. He's got six or uh, I believe seven of nine games this year with double digit rebounds, 22 rebounds tonight. Uh, it's just becoming absurd statistically. So uh, PY, what'd you end up with uh pretender contender bucket? Where'd you, oh, where'd contender, you buy my contender bucket? In the contender, okay. Contender bucket for sure, absolutely. I thought their best chance, and I know we got to move on, was was when they had the Carson Edwards group and Matt Harms yeah. and Ryan Klein and Travion, and and like Carson was explosive, and they still had the big seven footer that, that they could throw it into, and they had shooters. They ran into a Virginia team, to your point, Greg, that had like six six pros, you know, Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome and DeAndre Hunter, and and that, and they took them okay. to the brink. Um, you know, so I thought that was that they had a really good shot at it. This team's constructed well, but and Braden Smith's gonna get better as the season goes, and he's a confident young man, so he's got right. some swag. Yeah, every every Big Ten fan I know that I've talked to has been like, "Man, they're gonna be so annoying in two three years." Because <laughs> if if my hypothesis is right that these guys aren't NBA guys. They're probably in Purdue uniforms three seasons from now. Yep. And if they're this good as a freshman backcourt, I don't want to see at all what they look like as a senior backcourt. Uh, just to quickly, we'll move to a new team here in just a second. And Rob Doster's going to be very excited about the team we're going to move to. But uh, I would put them in the contender bracket. I just feel or in the pretender bracket. I'm sorry. I, uh, I I view this team as the the big 10 typical they're going to run through this conference i think they should win the conference i think zach Eady's the national player of the year i think he's the big 10 player of the year but then i think they run into trouble in march and i hate that i have to say that with the conference that i love but it's a different brand of basketball and you've got it's matchup dependent like you said laval like I don't think this team is going to get six consecutive matchups that allows them to play the way they want to play, whether that's, you know, some full court pressure that might rattle the freshman backcourt, whether that's a a stretch five that's going to make Zach Eady have to guard the perimeter. I think there's multiple different ways that teams could pose a nightmare matchup for Purdue that they're highly unlikely to see in the Big Ten Conference, a conference that's built around some of the best big men in the country. Uh, there is no big man better than Zach Eady. So I think he's going to help them win the Big Ten. But outside of that, if we're talking national title, I'm still a little bit skeptical. So that's 2-1 contender for the Boilermakers. We now move to the Big East, where we have the UConn Huskies, a team that the last show I hosted with you last week, Laval, was on the rundown. We didn't even get to him. We talked about like 10 different other teams before you we did that on purpose. Just, just, that just on purpose. Just, yeah. <laughs> hey, I no comment on that. I know my boss, Rob <laughs> Doster is looking at me sideways about it. Look, I can't avoid it anymore. Okay. You're welcome. UConn wins by 21 points tonight against Pat's Florida Gators. Uh, I called this wrong. I thought Florida was going to get the upset tonight. I you said, did? 
I did. I called this. I should have talked to you. I saw the text about 10 minutes into the game. And that's on me for not reaching out to you first. But I, I was skeptical of this UConn team still because this was their first true road game. And because they had a real good four game winning streak, a lot of neutral site games in that run in the tournament. And to be honest with you, Alabama was the only team that I would consider good to great that I think they had seen. Yeah. And I look, I've only seen Florida a couple times this year. Was not aware at all that this offense was in the spot that it was tonight. And I'm sure, Pat, you can tell us more about that. Uh, but I think this offense struggled tonight because of how good UConn was defensively. I mean, they have animals on that side, on the wings, and they took everything that Florida wanted to do and just spun it on them the whole game. So, Pat, let's go to you first. Uh, we are still doing the contender or pretender yeah. game, but first in this game Thank tonight. You. We got I two mean, first yeah. and then explain. Yeah, well, why why was UConn so good tonight, Pat? Yeah, well, I, um, first off, UConn, this is my first time getting a chance to see a full 40-minute game. And I knew what the position that Florida was in offensively uh, before this, where they ha have had their struggles. Ever since that West Virginia game, getting beat by – thumped by 30, uh, had a real look in the mirror type, what what, what type, of, type of team we're going to be. And uh, UConn showed up and showed out. They, to me right now, are absolute contenders. Uh, just execution alone um, to the game plans, to being able to take away the strengths. Um, not that Florida has been an offensive juggernaut this year. Um, I think the lineup has changed six, seven, eight times already, and we're, what, nine games in. Um, being able to take Castleton out of the game, he struggles with another big man with length. Uh, someone that can be physical with him. Uh, UConn gave Florida what they wanted, and and oftentimes Florida shoots themselves out of the game. They they settle for empty possessions, bad shots early in the shot clock. Uh, UConn flies back on offense to their spots. You can tell it's a very well-coached team, getting to their spots, setting great screens, um, finding uh, uh, Donovan Klingon. Oh, my gosh. He he that, the, that's why I look at the backup center, team. by the way. What's that? He's the backup center, by the he's way. The I, and I was listening to Jimmy Dykes, and he's like, <laughs> This is probably the best backup center in the league. And he's a freshman or in the in the, all the country right now. And I, I can't disagree with him. Um, I think when you look at uh Adam, Adam Sonogo and 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 Donovan Klingon, if, if UConn were to match over Purdue, um, I think UConn would give Purdue a lot of problems with their size, with their speed. Uh, with their shooting. Um, Jordan Hawkins was awesome off screens, so smooth. I really didn't have see many flaws with this UConn team at all. I was like, Florida, if you don't start taking care of the ball, I mean, I, I'm surprised it wasn't a 30-point game, honestly, because there was nothing easy for Florida in this entire game. Douster's going to lo love me for this. I, I'm two hands up on Connecticut contender. Hey. And, and and here's why, again, like I said, right right now, defensively, they're one of the best in, in, in the country, right, defensively. They are fourth in the Ken Palm. They are eighth offensively. So they're going to bottle you up defensively. They've shown that. They beat every, every high major team they play by double digits. Firepower. So now you start talking, okay, Take away Sonogo. Well, you got Jordan Hawkins. He's averaging, he's making three threes a game. He can go for 30. You got Tristan Newton. He's averaging 11 and five and four, and he can go. You got Alex Caravan. You pick and pop big, and he can get you 20. Patrick just said it. You got Klingon off the bench. He was the MVP in Portland at the PK <laughs> Invitational. Uh, you got Calcaterra, a hired hitman coming in from San Diego. His 15 minutes can get you for 15 points if you're not careful. So it's hard to find. They're top five in the country in shot quality right now. Danny runs uh, great. He runs his sets, right? They're long and delayed, so they keep you on, def on defense. He's going to get Sonogo in the middle third of the court. They're going to run Jordan Hawkins off actions. The only thing, so they got to match up in a dominant player. The only thing is how dynamic. They had R.J. Cole last year when games got tight. 
And he was a dude in the pick and roll. And you, you had to decide if you're going to trap him, he could find the other guy. I didn't even talk about Andre Jackson off the bench, who's averaging four assists a game and is best, maybe the best athlete in the country. Right. <laughs> I almost forgot about him. So I don't I don't know many weaknesses, right? If you and if they're getting hurt with a matchup with a big, I'd say you got to pick and pop five, man. They can just throw caravan at the five and play small and switch. Uh, so they can beat you in a number of ways on offense. They can guard you multiple ways on defense. And um, they and they have the X factor, Greg. And, and I think the X factor is this. We played for a national title when I was assistant at Michigan. And we made the run because Trey Burke said when he came back, we're going to play for a national championship. And our guys had a belief and they had a chip on their shoulder. The thing that trumped us was Louisville had Kevin Ware, who had broken his leg. So they had something they were playing for. Right. I played against Florida when they were playing for a back to back national. They had something they were playing for. That was this thing that motivated the group and lifted them to another. UConn hadn't won a tournament game since 2016. Now they're a member of the Big East. I think that is a game changer for them getting out of the American Conference. So they've got something they're playing for with a huge chip and an unbelievable amount of talent. Um, It's hard to find a flaw (laughs) with, with Connecticut. Yeah, I'm right there with both you guys. Two thumbs up contender for me. Uh, I had seen Connecticut a little bit this year. Uh, This is the first game I'm just totally blown away. And I think I sort of shrugged off a lot of these growing signs of stardom from different guys as just small sample size. They can't possibly continue to play this well. No, yeah, maybe they can. Jordan Hawkins is that good. Uh, The the thing with him for me, it's the attempts. Like he's going to get his seven, eight threes a game up just with motion. Good too. And they're good looks. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they're forced. Like normally no. when you see a guy with that type of gaudy attempts, there's some questionable shot selection or just some questionable nature behind it. Nothing with him at all. Like the whole team embraces that uh, Klingon. I, I think they correctly identified. He's the best backup big in the country. I mean, Colin Castleton is a damn good center. And Colin Castleton was the third best big on the floor tonight, and it wasn't close. Yeah. Um, he was I, one I'm, of nine in the first half. Colin yeah. Castleton. I, I'm wildly impressed by this team and how they can do it on both sides of the ball. And I think Hurley deserves a lot of credit for uh, it, putting some gap pieces together in the portal this year, too, with Tristan Newton. I mean, he's been a very good floor general for him so far. Calcaterra, like you mentioned, off the bench, double digits tonight. Uh, this team's top six, top seven is tough. And I think a lot of people in the Big East, it's been Villanova for years. Then this year, maybe it was Creighton, the big eyes. Now it's and not, it's UConn. And the other thing is, like, injuries are a factor right now. We just talked about Cam Whitmore coming back. So, you know, unfortunately, that's a fact. Like, they have in, insurance. I mean, Hassan mm-hmm. Diara is still on the on the team. <laughs> and, and, you know, with Kleeman as your backup big, say something, you know, they've got – depth and, and insurance policies if something happens they still have Naeem Aline right sitting there not getting that many minutes but he, we know what he's capable of would anybody go so far as to say they think UConn might be the best team in the country right now you don't have to but I'm I'm just curious because uh, I don't I don't know who I'm is close. the best team right I'm, now I'm close I'm close with as well. Connecticut okay I, I just say you know it's just that, like I said, multiple ways that they can get you. And if they have an off night, they're one of the best offensive rebound teams in the nation. Right. <laughs> so that's the thing with them in Houston. Like, okay, say you do a good job defending them on the first shot. It, the second shot is going to be the issue because right. both of those programs, they put the bubble up and it is war in practice. And so they're averaging 13 offensive rebounds a game. So what? the bubble practices. <laughs> <laughs> What? Yeah, people don't know about that. You, when that bubble goes on 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 the rim, there's no. It, it's not about making shots today. This is a physical. This is, there's no fouls. This is this is you. You're not friends today with your teammates. That's for sure. God. Ain't no friendships. No. You probably won, you won you won your fair share of battles in the when the bubble was up. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I won my fair share, but it wasn't my favorite. It's still not my favorite thing to do. No. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, there's probably not too many teams in the country I'd want to participate in that with, but especially not UConn, especially not this team. And uh, we we just named a lot of things we love about them. I feel like we barely even mentioned their best player, Adama Sinogo, who, I mean, a, a quiet 
17 and seven tonight. He had foul trouble a little bit, but uh, he's a beast and he's back for a reason. A great and, touch. Yeah, he's special. Uh, all right, so that's that's six thumbs up collectively between the three of us on UConn. Uh, come back next episode. We'll tell you whether or not UConn is definitively the best team in the country. I have a feeling that's going to be a conversation in the next few weeks. We're about halfway through the show. I can't believe how it's flying by. If you're listening to us on the Sirius XM app, we appreciate you. Uh, we are presented by Bet Rivers. You can find us on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. Click subscribe if you're over there. Jump in the comments section as well. We're always keeping our eye on those. I'm Greg Waddell. We got Patrick Young. We got Laval Jordan. Uh, and we're going to move back to SEC country here. So, Pat, mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it your way again first. Uh, this is the Razorbacks, the oh, must no. bus. A, a dicey game last night against UNC Greensboro. They survived, though which is, uh, I mean, that's notable for a team as young as they are to be taken the distance by an underdog and come out unscathed. Better to learn from a win than it is to learn from a loss. We oh, have to mention the note, uh, Trevon Brazil is out for the season. That's a very important piece of bad news for the Razor box or Razorbacks. So let's play the game. Pretender, contender, Arkansas Razorbacks. Can they win the national championship this season? What do you think, Pat? Without Brazil... With the, the the level that he was playing, you know, it's 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 twofold because Arkansas have been playing so well without standout Nick uh, freshman Nick Smith Jr. Um, Anthony Black had been sensational, and I again I think I apologized on last show of uh, underestimating how great he is uh, as a freshman right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brazil, he brought a dynamic, some flashes that I saw of him in Missouri last year. Um, I'm like, man, if he's just in the right spot, someone that just really gives him the green light to go, because he wasn't taking bad ones. He was he was running the floor. He's athletic. He could finish. Really seemed to have a natural feel for the game. Uh, with him being out on the season, um, I think it, it does. It, I mean, his shot blocking ability alone and protecting the rim, because this Arkansas team they they gamble a lot defensively. They do turn teams over. Uh, so if I wanted to hang my hat on anything to say that they'd be a contender, it's because of their defense. Uh, this is a team. Coach Musselman is a such a sensational coach at getting his guys to dive in and finding those mismatches and attacking those things continuously over and over and over again. Um, are they still a contender without with losing Brazil? Because he he could spread the floor. He was shooting it well from three. Ah. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to get shot with by this one because I, you know, before Brazil got injured, I thought Arkansas was the best team in the SEC. Uh, with him being out, I'm probably gonna gonna go with them being a, cont- a pretender. Gonna go with them being a pretender. I haven't seen enough from Nick Smith Jr. yet to, you know, he I believe he's going to find a rhythm. I haven't seen really much anything from Jordan Walsh, um, being the stud that he he uh, projected to be being five star, knowing with his six seven height and seven three wingspan um that he's going to be able to disrupt and, and cause a lot you know the Mitchell the Mitchell brothers are gonna have to step up with Brazil being out. Uh I'm gonna need to see Nick Smith Jr. uh carry this team a little bit more and then I, I'll change my opinion. But with Brazil being out, how well he was playing, they're gonna be pretenders for me for winning the national championship. Laval, you agree? Yeah, I, I, I do. I just I think um Again, that matchup, like he was the matchup in he terms was. of pick and pop big. His shot blocking ability allowed them, like Patrick said, to gamble. They were forcing the 18 turnovers. You know, they'll have to change maybe a, a little bit of how they play defensively with him out now. Um, and then they're not a great shooting team when you talk about, you know, they've got Black who can get going, Rick and Ricky Council, who's, you know, those guys are undeniable. Nick Smith. Now they got three dudes. Ricky Council is awesome. They've got firepower, right? Yeah. They don't, they don't shoot it great, and they don't they don't only, their their assist rate is only forty eight percent. And I always said, hey, if you if you can be fifty two percent or better, um, you know, balls popping when you look at teams like Purdue and Connecticut who have high assist rates. Um, so they've got some isolation players that are talent, super duper talented. Um, but I just think losing losing Brazil hurts defensively too much, and that was where. You know, they could count on that every night. Um, they'll be really good. They'll still find ways to win. Coach Muss is he'll, he'll scheme it up and coach it yeah, up. But in terms of national championship, good. If you had to say it today um, in their ceiling, you know, Brazil, he was such a key piece of it. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys again. A lot of agreeing tonight, which is unfortunate for this type of show from me. I got to bring the contradictory style to this. But uh, no, I, I basketball yeah. to me, the best teams, right? It's it's not often just who's got the most talented guys. It's how do they fit together, right? And I have questions what this team is going to look like without Brazil now in that sense, because I'd feel a lot better about them if it, it, rather than even one of the three guards, right? If you want to call it blacksmith council who are all awesome, they're all dudes. They can all win their individual matchup. I'd almost prefer if they just had two of those guys and had just a dead eye spot shooter to space the floor who didn't need the ball in his hands or a post threat that was a little more reliable than the Mitchell brothers, maybe a lot more reliable than the Mitchell brothers. Right? So I, I liked what I saw from them thus far, even though it was a little bit erratic and even though there was some shot selection stuff that I didn't love and they're still trying to work Nick Smith back into it. They've been talented enough to survive. The question is, what does that look like without Brazil now for me? Uh, they've got some time, luckily. I mean, the conference play starting up here, but they're going to get at least you know through the holiday before they really get into the meat of the SEC schedule. Um, so hopefully they can get some continuity there and they can be firing on all cylinders because I do still think they can be a threat to win this conference, just maybe not yeah. at the national level as some of these other teams we're talking about. Uh, yeah. Let's move to back to the Big Ten territory here. One more that I, I'm curious. We might be a little divided here. Maybe not. Yeah, I think so. The Hoosiers. Indiana tonight with a, I think it ended up being a 16-point win without looking at the box score itself uh, against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. No Hood Shafino tonight, but some guys were making shots. Miller Cop was making shots. Trey Galloway was making shots. Trace Jackson Davis uh, nearly had a triple double tonight. And this is a team. He did have a triple double. Oh, I was going to say, not nearly. He had did he one. finish with the triple double? I thought yeah. he missed it by a rebound. Did they give him a rebound? Yeah. Third, yeah, one, yeah. They're playing in Bloomington. Greg. Oh, uh, that's on me. That's on me. I got to know Bloomington better than that. You're right, Laval. Uh, well, congrats, TJD. Third, the third I, in program history. You think about up. that now. Like Isaiah Thomas, you know, played there. <laughs> that's a, that's a, you think all the players that ca- came through Indiana, the yeah. third in program history. That's impressive. Had I known that, I would have cheers to you, Trace Jackson Davis. That's on me. I flipped the channel away to watch the end of this pick game. That's the last time I'll ever do that. Laval, let's throw it to you here then, though. Uh, national title contender or pretender, the Hoosiers? I at this at this point, when I look at their ceiling, I say pretender. Uh, not that they're not good and they're they're, they're going to challenge for a Big Ten championship. I, I again, firepower. Like if people you talk about when they went to uh, Rutgers, and Trace Jackson Davis doesn't have a Trace Jackson Davis typical night. Where where who who else? Where else is it going to come from? I think he had four turnovers in that one. And so did Xavier Johnson, who's been playing tremendous basketball. He had six turnovers in that one. Um, the now Miller Cobb hit five threes, but their lack of shooting, consistent shooting. They they nailed them tonight. I think they had 11 or 12 threes. Um, you know, Tamar Bates got going. Trey Galloway made, made them tonight. But consistent shooting, and they're only hitting six a game. And they're not monsters on the glass like we talked about UConn and Houston. They're only getting nine a game. Um, so if you can, if you can find a strategy to, to stop trace or contain trace, then, you know, the firepower around that, you know, how's that go? Now, Hood Shafino's the, maybe an X factor because you, you, when North Carolina came in there, he dropped the first like eight points. It was like, uh Oh, this kid, you know, can you consistently bring that to the table, uh, so that they can make that the deep run. Their defense is phenomenal this year. I just don't, you know, do they have firepower? And then down the stretch, you know, who, who, who's got the ball in their hands to make the play. Pat, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, and to your point, Xavier Johnson, six turnovers last game, seven turnovers today in a, in a loss. Um, 
man, it, T, TJD is outstanding. He's sensational. Um, he has such a feel for the game. He has – it was one rebound. He just snatched with one hand. Do you see that? Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> and I got big hands, but not not big enough to palm the ball. You know, you look at back at that Rutgers game and the productivity, you know, zero. You had a goose egg from Trey Galloway. Uh, you had two from from Bates that came off today that had 19 off the bench. And then, uh, uh, obviously, uh, Galloway had 20 um, today. Where's the consistency? Miller Cobb has been great in these last few games. He finds a shot. He gets to the basket. You think he's only going to be a shooter. But he finds a way uh, to get to the basket. Uh, they, they I, I just don't see – I can see them being a – maybe a sweet 16 team. I think that might be my ceiling for Indiana, but I, I definitely don't see them as a national championship contender. You know, Trey Jackson Davis is one of those guys you want to see in the tournament and cheer for and hope he can make a big run and, and he possibly can. And that the guy can, he can pass it. He can finish. He can push it. He can protect the basket. Uh, but will that be enough? Uh, Cause it's going to come down, you know, you get to the tournament, usually it always comes down to the guards. Is there enough guard play if he gets into foul trouble or, is limited to help them win a game, to win a few games to make a run? I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think uh, Hood Shafino is the piece that come March, I think could be the swing piece for this team. He's been good this season. Now he's been out as well. So I, I don't think we can necessarily judge him uh, for not being great at this point because I don't know if he's healthy and I don't know when he's going to be fully healthy again. But um, 37% from the floor this season, only 31% from three. The question with him was the jumper. He is averaging four assists a game in a complimentary role off the ball. Most of the time next to Xavier Johnson, that sticks out to me. Um, the, the question mark for me that keeps me from buying in because I want to buy into this Indiana team. Anytime you add as many guys who have played as many minutes in college basketball as trace has, as Miller cop has, as Xavier Johnson has, and you add a couple five-star freshmen like Huchifino and Malik Renault. I want to buy into that team. That's the type of mix I want from a team on paper. Right. What holds me back is that those three guys I mentioned, Trace, Miller, and Xavier Johnson, 10 combined years of college basketball before this season, not once has any of the three of them on multiple different teams ever finished higher than eighth in their conference. And that's not all their fault. But it's a big leap to go from where Indiana finished in the Big Ten last year with a lot of the same faces to all of a sudden talking national championship. Yeah. Let's let's start with the conference first. And I think they're a contender there. I think they're a contender there, but I want to see it come to fruition first because we're looking in that same state right now, talking about the Boilermakers with the national player of the year with a bunch of new faces. And uh, I'd like to see Indiana win that battle before we that, start. That'll be a heck of a matchup because there's some, you know, Trace and his ability to drive, and Shafino's a big guard. Braden Smith's not. That'll be a fun game. That's, that'll be a fun matchup. Hundred uh, percent. All right. So the next thing on my rundown actually fits perfectly into this conversation. It's some conference talk. We're gonna quickly go through the Big Ten, and then we will move to the Big East, and we'll finish with the ACC here to wrap the show. But starting with the Big Ten. Feels a little wide open to me right now. We talked about Purdue. We talked about Indiana already in this show. Team we didn't talk about, Illinois. One of the biggest wins of the season last night in New York, Madison Square Garden. They knock off Texas in a game that uh, very easily could have been a loss, maybe should have been a loss. They were down much of the second half. Uh, some big-time plays from freshman Jaden Epps, Coleman Hawkins with a big skip pass assist, and then Terrence Shannon just took over. In overtime, had, I think, eight straight points to help them separate a little bit. To me, that feels like the top tier of this Big Ten conference. But even beyond that, you've got a team like Maryland, who just suffered their first loss of the season, but had been a Ken Palm darling. Looks great under Kevin Willard in year one. You've got Michigan State lurking, a big bounce back win tonight in Happy Valley against Penn State. And you've got Iowa, who, yes, they got handed an L on a silver platter from Duke last night. Uh, but still... Fran McCaffrey is going to be a factor in this conference with Chris Murray and with what that team can do on offense. So, uh, I guess – Don't ever count out Wisconsin. Did you say Wisconsin? I didn't say that? Wisconsin. Don't count out Wisconsin. <laughs> I didn't say Wisconsin. All they do is finish fourth or better every year. All they do is finish fourth or better every year. Is that going to happen this year, Laval? Why wouldn't it? <laughs> it's, 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 it's what they do. 
they, they were the measuring stick when I got to Michigan and we were trying to bring it back up. It was like, they're as consistent as anybody in the conference and people don't talk about them enough. Uh, obviously they had the, the, when they were elite with Kaminsky and Decker and Brust and that crew, and all those guys, oh, Nigel, you know, but they finished fourth or better every year. It's like every true. year. <laughs> hey, as a fan in this conference, I can tell you that is true. Confirmed fact. <laughs> Uh, I'm a little more skeptical. I did personally leave them off my contender list here in the Big Ten. We're still doing contender, huh. contender. I'll take pretender for the Badgers. Any team where Chucky Hepburn's your best player, count me out for a little bit. Did you watch um, him against Marquette? I watched him against Marquette. He was, he was damn good against Marquette. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's the same guy. It's Chucky Hepburn. It's Trayvon Jackson. It's Trayvon Hughes. It's Oh, he's got a long way to go to get to Trayvon. He's got a long way to go to get to sophomore. He, you know, he played 33 games last year. You know, he had 39 turnovers as a freshman. It's a good number. (laughs) And now he's putting up 20 and that he's good. Now when the big 10 good, but like, they're going to be right there. You know that. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Listen, (laughs) we didn't even mention Tyler wall. I will respect Tyler wall. I think he's one of the most under under underappreciated players in the country. Uh, But all right, this, all this leads me to my point. We can pick, you can pick Wisconsin. Uh, We didn't even mention Michigan Laval. I don't know that we should at this point and Jalen Llewellyn out. That's a big question mark, but I feel like we could throw this to anybody on earth and they could pick a different name. That's like, well, let's talk about them. Is this the deepest, most open conference in the country right now to you Laval? Um, I, I, I do think anybody could win. Anybody could win the big 10 this year. And, uh, and I know that grind, you know, for coaching wise and, and how it is, you know, you look at Purdue last year when they were sailing number one in the country and then they go to Rutgers and lose, um, you know, it, it's going to be up and down. And by the time you get to the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th game in the big 10, it's like miserable. I'm, I mean, the grind and the physicality of the league. So, I like Illinois because I think that, again, they got firepower and they got versatility. They can go inside the Dana Danger. They can play five out with Coleman Hawkins. The two little guards, Epps and and Clark, are only going to get better. And Terrence Shannon is a legit guy. And now that he's making two threes a game and shooting 38% from three, good good luck because he was already going to shoot six, seven, sometimes 12, 15 free throws a night. Now you got a real uh, a takeover guy on your hands. And um, Mayer, who showed up last night, five for showed five, up, right? from three. Like, so you, you got on any given night, Epps can get you for 20. Shannon's going to get you for 20. Danger could go for 20. Coleman Hawkins can make threes. Like, you've got so much, so many different weapons that somebody can save them on the night where yeah. another guy doesn't have it. Uh, they're one of the teams in the league that has that. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, I like them. Maryland, I think Kevin plays a different style than the Big Ten that they're not used to. I always think when you get to tournament play, that's, you know, that's what the typically most of the Big Ten teams play similar. And so then you run into the tournament and people play different styles and you haven't seen that in conference play. Kevin Willard brings, he's going to change defenses. He's going to mix it up. You know, offensively, they play different and that that's going to keep them relevant all year. Um, uh, Wisconsin will be there. Iowa, you know, Fran's going to, they're going to, they'll be right there because they're good coaches. And then Michigan State, you know, if they get fully healthy, once they get back, they're right there. Pat, you were shaking your head when we mentioned Michigan a little bit. I, I got just uh, out of curiosity. You're not throwing them in this group with everybody else at this point? Uh, you know, they're not on my top tier. I, I am a fan of of Maryland right now with what Kevin Willard has done. Uh, obviously, they just lost to Wisconsin, whom you chose not to put down in the rundown <laughs> for some reason. I was I was scratching my head. I'm like, man, Wisconsin just won and beat Maryland. What's, what's, what's going on? And, then, you know, Rutgers, Rutgers had uh, – they beat – who did they end up beat earlier this year? Wisconsin or was it Illinois? They beat Indiana. Indiana. There we go. Uh, then Yeah, that's right. Gosh, all the all, so many games, so, so little time. Uh, so it, it's really hard to say um, who who can win. I do think it's wide open. I do think this conference, as you you attested to earlier, Lavelle, about um, this team, the league is going to beat itself up, especially when it comes to home court advantage. Um, but I, I can see this being a, again a, a seven bid league into the tournament. Um, I, I don't I don't see why not. 
Uh, won't be surprised if, you know, Juwan Howard has done something, uh, ha has some guys ready to step up and Michigan makes a late run again. Um, just their, guards, are, their guards keep them out, out of that top group for me. Mid, the yeah, Doug, little Doug, Doug is good now. Uh, I've seen him for years, but they don't have enough. Again, when you run into, like I said before, when you run into dynamic guards, can you handle them? They ran into Arizona State and just got beat with speed. Oh, yeah. Because the guards are too dynamic. So Wisconsin, they ran into Tyree Appleby at Wake Forest, and he put he dropped 32 on him. Hasn't so, he been hooping? Yeah, so it's not just do you have a guard like a Jay Nobby or somebody that can – can you defend when you run into a guard that's dynamic, right? Because if you have that guy in the, in the Big Ten, you make a run. You got Trey Burke. We had Trey Burke. When you have a dynamic – there's not – there haven't been a ton of them. When you got Carson Edwards, you can make a run. When you got Trey Burke, you can make a run. Like, but you can list a small group of just ultra dynamic guards that have come through the Big Ten, right, Greg? Yeah. But it's on the other side. Can you defend them um, when you run into that guy? Right. I actually want to just ask you quickly, and then we'll jump to the other conference. But I'm so curious, and the Michigan fan of me can't not ask it, Laval. Uh, what What happens with Doug McDaniel now? I mean, you, you mentioned you've seen him for years. Big opportunity for a guy who's going to be a 10-minute guy. What do you think he looks like in this sudden responsibility role? This sounds weird. I almost think it might be better for him to just take the training wheels off and jump in and go. He is he is dynamic. Now He, he can scoot, and he's got some wiggle. Does, does he shoot it well enough? But when I went to their practice and I talked to Jawan and their staff afterwards, and uh, and he was the guy that said, man, he could he could be a game changer for them because they have length, they've got Hunter, you know, they've got Jet, who's a shot maker, Jet Howard. Um, they didn't have a guy that could just get separation, get two feet in the paint without a ball screen, and make plays for other people. And look, Doug can do that. Um, you're gonna have to live with and let him grow through the mistakes to get to your ceiling. I think. Yeah, I've called him a a beautiful disaster this season he's one of the most fun even when his negatives happen it's a fun watch and his moments of brilliance he, are, are very brilliant dog in too patrick you like playing with him. like he's a tough dude like he's got some dog i love he's that a, is he he's a dmv guy isn't he he's a I dmv think? guy yeah that's all you need to know dmv guard man that's all you really give know yeah. give me those <laughs> all right let's move uh let's go to the big east now uh, we talked to UConn earlier, and I, I sort of alluded to this. I think Creighton was crowned in the offseason a little bit, at least as everybody's quote-unquote favorite or just the the team that everyone's they excited about. What the Wait, heck? Yeah, what is up with that, Pat? Let's, let's go right in. What's up with that? Here's the thing, Patrick. I coached against them last year. They had Ryan Hawkins and um, McConnell. Alex McConnell transferred in from Duke. But the other guys weren't – again, when Creighton had firepower, it was – it was like Balick and Zigorowski and Jefferson and Mahoney. And when they're in there picking roles, where are you going to tag from and who are you going to help off of? You know, when Christian Bishop was there playing five out, uh, and I think Kalkbrenner was a freshman. And last year you had places where you could help and, and live with, you know, guys shooting the basketball. We went under screens on um, uh, Nimbard as a freshman. I don't think you can do that anymore. He's proven, but... The other guys, I don't know, consistently like creating offensive firepower that 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 I saw right. when I first got into the Big East. Right. I don't know if they're that. Uh, you know, Kalkbrenner's a matchup, but they're going to have their nights where they make 12, 15 threes. But I, I don't know if they're going to average like Creighton normally does, nine or 10 threes a game. Well, I almost think you, sh you shoot yourself out of a game when – you know, you're not shooting well. It's a slump. And now teams are just going to go to the point they're going to let you shoot. You know, you're, you're not going to be running as much pick and roll, taking Kalk Runner out of the game. Uh, Trey Alexander, they, you know, Creighton started shooting shooting pretty well beginning of the season. Um, from the three-point line, Trey Alexander was shooting well. Nimbar was shooting okay. Kaluma was knocking some down. And you told me, I think last time we were on, we were talking about Kaluma, how awesome he is. He's Yeah, yeah he's the he's guy I'm like, man. I'm wanting him to prove me right because <laughs> yeah, he, I no, he, he, had, really some, he had some games after that, but you know these last two, it's just like you know you, you want to yeah. just scratch your head and say, hey, we need to forget these, these these last two games, guys, and let's go back to who we are and not rely and stay balanced and let our defense lead the offense. Because uh, how much of it was games. travel, Patrick? Like you've traveled coming back from Maui, I've I've been a part of that. 
That's hard. That's a that's a monster to come off Maui and recover and play. Like uh, and coaches talk about it all the time. Going to Maui is great. The the highest level competition is the best tournament. But coming back that next week to recover from it, 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 it you know, it so difficult. maybe maybe it's you know the the travel. And then they went right to Texas, high level game. You yeah. Know? Um. So I'm I'm, I'm that a schedule? little bit of it to that because that's hard to do. I've been a part of teams that had to try to do that. Yeah, I uh jumping in on Creighton quickly, the the shooting ups and downs have been interesting for me with this team because I, I trust the individuals, like you go up and down the list, I trust them all as shooters, especially Baylor Shireman, who his three point attempts have actually gone up from where he was last year, which shocked me when I went to look that up. He's playing a much more just like gunner catch and shoot role on this team. And I think some of those attempts like are at least visually to me, it's like he knows he needs to play such a sniper sharpshooter role that sometimes he's taken some crazy quick ones. Yeah. Uh, I think it's hurt him a little bit. I think he's a better shooter than the 36 and a half percent shooter. He's been this so far this season, but Alexander's the guy to me that unlocks them. If he gets up to that next level, uh, then, you know, you still have to account for the guys you mentioned, Calc Brenner and Nembhard, but he's shooting. Well, he's shooting 40%. It, it's not the percentage. It's the volume. It's the number. Like, when they've had Greg's offensive team, when, when Dougie McBucket's in there, they had two or three guys that were making two two or more a game. Mm-hmm. And right now, Shireman's the one. He's almost three a game, makes, and and it's volume. But the other guys, like, the percentages are better, but can you hit five, you know, <laughs> can you hit four or five in a game uh, and spread it around, you know, two or three yeah. each? Yeah, they need more than just Shireman to be that type of volume threat to me. Uh, all right, let's let's move quickly to the ACC. We got two minutes left in the show. Uh, we we're gonna spend a little more time on this, but we've been all over the place tonight. That's on me. Uh, the ACC last year, the narrative all season long was: is this a one bid, two bid conference? What is wrong with this conference? And then obviously in March, we all had to be proven wrong. We had to look like idiots as Duke and North Carolina make the run to the final four, Miami knocks off Jabari Smith and Auburn. So I feel like we're just reliving this. Like I'm watching scores. I'm looking at box scores. I feel like we're just doing this all over again. Although I think the start to the season has been a little bit stronger this year than it was last year. So let's just go around the horn. Obviously you've got Virginia who is number three in the country right now. You've got Duke solid nine and two top 25 team right now. Miami and Virginia Tech are both nine and one. They're not ranked, but they're in the conversation. But how many bids do we think this conference gets? How many teams do you trust to be tournament teams come end of the year? Uh, Pat, what do you got for this? Yeah. Oh, I thought the question had for, like, if the season ended today. uh, You can go that route, too. If the season ended today, I was just going to have three bids because, you know, Miami hasn't really beaten anybody yet. And I look at Virginia Tech, they have the highest field goal percentage in the ACC right now, Duke and Virginia. I would just take those three as of right now if if the season ended today. Okay. Laval? I'm going to go with six. I think uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, good Duke, the the obvious. I think Miami's – you know, you, you watch them, they got guards. They ain't playing play nobody, man. They they haven't, but they got guards. They got <laughs> so guards. When you give Coach Laranega guards and uh with, with Wong and Pack, uh Wong at 22 at halftime night went for 36 tonight. Uh, they've got they've got that, the dynamic guards that it takes. Uh, I think NC State, Wake Forest, and um, you know, Clemson's kind of right there. Like those guys will fight it out for a few more bids outside of, you know, the, the top, those top group. So I think okay. somebody they'll be fighting for six. So we, we, we didn't name them. And this is if the season ended today, hypothetically, but let's end the show on this. Cause we're right at time. Pretender, <laughs> yeah, pretender, or contender, North Carolina, Prete- just to make the tournament, pretender or contender. Uh, Laval. Oh, to make the tournament. They're contender. They'll make, they'll, they'll contender. <laughs> Okay, we let you they'll off the hook. The there. They'll <laughs> figure that out, and make, they'll figure that out and make the tournament. They'll the two, 
the two of you are lucky we're up on time because we're letting you off the hook on this right now. Uh, this was the Field of 68 After Dark. We appreciate everybody for coming out, listening, watching, whatever you did to find this program for us. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow evening, breaking down everything on Friday night slate of college basketball. For Patrick Young, for Laval Jordan, my name is Greg Waddell, and we'll see you tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.